Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome in, everybody. We're going to talk today about a subject that I didn't think we'd be talking about. I mean, I guess it's not the worst thing. It, it's an attempt by the team to improve. We're going to be talking quarterback with Derek Carr. We did a um, little bit of a film look, a real brief film look on Hendon Hooker. And I'll be honest, leaving it, uh, definitely didn't want to invest a first or a second on him, uh, just simply from a fit standpoint and everything else. But I do think no matter what, draft, free agency, both, you do need to address quarterbacks. So we're going to talk about this a little bit today, as well as getting into talk about what all of you want to talk about and answering any questions you might have. But before we get into all that, we're going to go ahead and uh, get some who dads. All those who are here, early King Troll, Auro, TJ, Jimbo, Abraham, Mr. Wright, good to see you, my friend, Saints Garcia, Troy Jefferson, Kevin Prockup, Jerry, King, AJ, Edward Kim, Alonzo, Potter, Kimo, Jesse, uh, Jordis, Cardano, I love the name. Be Will, Troy, everybody, you know, come in and carry all of y'all. Welcome, Derek Carr. Well, don't welcome him yet, but the man spent two days in New Orleans in carnival season, and uh, unless he was just really enamored with the cathedral, you have to think that's a positive sign of him coming to the team, if that's something that you even like. Now, I, I've said this before, and let me just go ahead and get this out the way, because I still believe what I said. I said for the New Orleans Saints, Derek Carr doesn't move the needle, and for me, he doesn't. It's not as much on Derek Carr as it is a lack of trust for the offensive structure. You know, it really also depends on what you're getting. If you were talking about picking up Derek Carr as a free agent, you know, honestly, it's no big deal. The idea of giving away too much in terms of draft capital was something I was very hesitant on. Supposedly, it's just trading like a third-round pick. And then becomes a argument of can Derek Carr come to an agreement with the New Orleans Saints to make his contract more palatable for this team, which you know in 2025 they have like 150 million in cash space. So you know the, the doomsday writing on the wall is not as apparent as many people would normally say it is. We'll see. We'll see. I just I guess the big thing for me, and I'm going to be curious to get people's opinions. I like Derek Carr as a player. I don't feel like he's an elite player, but I do feel like he's a strong player. Does he move the needle with New Orleans? Now, reports came out just about an hour or so ago that Carr and him and the Saints have made significant steps. What the heck significant steps even means? You can you can determine that for yourself, right? You can determine that for yourself. I'm not going to sit here and conjecture on it, but what I will say is he would be an improvement at quarterback. Would that improvement be enough to win football games? I honestly don't know because I am sitting at a point where last year, as much as we want to talk about Andy Dalton and problems and blah, blah, blah. 
The problems with the offense last year had more to do with coaching, in my experience, than anything else. I think that was more the issue. Play calling was the issue. Situational play calling was an issue. Tendencies shown by offensive play calling was an issue. Health was an issue, but more over that coaching, I think, was the primary issue. I don't know if Pete Carmichael and company fixed that. I really don't. I don't have that confidence yet. So I do agree that from a roster-building standpoint, Derek Carr is your best option in 2023 about what is potentially available right now. Okay? So let's just say that from a realistic stance of who is currently available, he is the best. And by available, I mean that in terms of who's open to a trade, who could be gotten for you know regular prices. He's there's really nobody else. I mean, just realistically. I mean, I'll be honest. I'd rather have Derek Carr than Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, you know Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I mean Derek Carr is not an amazing quarterback, and I don't think that. Anybody is hopefully advocating for that, but what you do have as a talented guy, I do think that you go from having a top 30 starting quarterback to top 20, maybe top 15. I think putting Derek Carr in the top 15 is not a bad thing. I don't think that that's like this big point. A lot of people are going to choose a hill to die on. So you would be improving at the position. Now the question comes cost. Derek Carr's contract is massive. Like his current contract that he already has with the Raiders is really, really large. So... Do you just assume that? How do you work that out? For those who are unfamiliar with the contract situation, coming into 2023, his base salary is $33 million. His yearly cash, how much cash he'll earn this year, is like $58 million, and his cap hit is $39 million. So that's a massive number for New Orleans. Now, he is only going to be 32 this year, so that's a huge positive from an age standpoint. You could extend that. One thing that I would expect to have happen, honestly, is if the Saints trade for Derek Carr, he has three years left on his current contract. What I expect to happen if they agree to some form of trade is he gets a phantom three-year extension, as they love to do, which would essentially mean 2026, 2027, and 2028, Derek Carr is technically on the roster, even if he's not actually there, as dead cap, which means they could lower that cap number down significantly from $34.5 million to maybe twenty million by adding those three phantom years there's several ways you could do that now we'll say a positive about his contract is there's almost no dead money on it i mean it's the way it's structured is basically all base salaries it's not a whole bunch of um you know guarantees it's not a whole bunch of bonuses it's literally just like yo it's what you make if you're here every week it's not a i would say i don't know if it's a traditional saints contract <laughs> But it's a, it's a contract that you could work with. It's a very malleable contract if you're using the extension method. But we've seen the Saints do a lot, that you add a couple of phantom years, you stretch some things out, you rework some bonuses, and you can make that happen. But is Derek Carr yeah, a normal? Yeah, exactly. For any non-Saints fans, it's called a normal NFL contract. For Saints, it's like, what is this weird thing? Um, but is Derek Carr a $40 million a year quarterback. That's what you have to answer for yourself. Now, I do believe that last year, which he technically is a Pro Bowl quarterback last year, but honestly, 
Derek Carr did not have a good year last year. I think he had an okay year. Coaching obviously was an issue, and people brought that up. I think that there's a, an argument for the position. And what I mean by that is positional value is getting really, really, really high for quarterbacks. You're not far away from seeing any quarterback basically being a starter making $40 million a year. You know, now there's only a few of those in the league right now. So here are the quarterbacks currently making $40 million or more a year. You've got Aaron Rodgers. Which, yeah, that, that's going great. He's actually averaging 50 a year. You've got Russell Wilson going great for Denver so far. Kyler Murray. Man, big contracts don't seem to be a good thing around these parts. Uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> oh, man, man, these big contracts are fantastic. We should definitely sign a quarterback to one of these. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Hey, we finally got a winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> finally got a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. You got Josh Allen whose average is like 43 a year. Then you got Derek Carr. Derek Carr is at, uh, well, Derek Carr is lower than all those, by the way, but Derek Carr is still on the list at 40. Then you got Dak Prescott, and then you got Matthew Stafford. There's the list. Those are all the quarterbacks who are averaging $40 million a year right now. But, hold on, but Jared Goff is 24, 33 and a half. The Lions might extend him, give him 40. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is making 32 average a year right now. Matt Ryan, who (laughs) I go play, his contract's like 30 a year. So the point I'm making is the average quarterback salary is going to be about 40 million for a starter within the next couple years anyway. So that's not too outrageous, but it is still high. Really, it comes down to, do you think that Derek Carr is a top eight quarterback in terms of contract? I don't think he is. So if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I want to readjust that in a way that's not only better for me, but a better value. So you've got Derek Carr, who's a four-time Pro Bowler now. I think there is talent there. I don't think it's amazing talent, but there is definitely talent that if you can utilize with good play calling and good coaching, you can have success. Lamar Jackson going to get, you know, the whole bank. whole bank's going to come through for Lamar. They're just give that man a literal bank chain. But when you're looking at Carr, he's still youngish, you know, going to be 32 this year. If you can rework that contract to even be $30 million a year right now, even $32 million, that opens up things to still allow you to go after free agents, and you would have the young starting quarterback who there is a one trait that Derek Carr has that, you've not seen from a Saints quarterback in a long time. Now, this very well could jinx everything. So I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. He's healthy. He's consistently on the field. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be negative for your favorite quarterback. But that's a real thing. Like, that's, that shouldn't matter. Derek Carr has played in at least 15 games every single year of his career. So, again, I'm not trying to to bring in the jinx machine. I'm really not. The man has availability. And as much as I have loved on and hyped on Jameis Winston and truly have tried to do that, he's had two years and two major injuries. I like Jameis Winston. 
But I think it's pretty clear that what we've seen so far, Dennis Allen and P. Carmichael are not Jameis Winston fans. The man has played 10 total games with 10 starts in two years because of injury, and I don't know if they're really going to give him a chance anyway. So because of that, you look at Derek Carr and go, well, realistically, this is a solid option. And maybe that's something that a lot of fans might dislike about this because Dennis Allen is not an awful head coach last year. It wasn't awful, but he was below average. Derek Carr is not awful, but I think with Pete Carmichael, he could very much be below average. That's kind of the worry there. Like you would be tying your horse to a cart that's potentially below average because of the surrounding factors. And what I mean by all that is, let's just go into some deep dive on Derek Carr a little bit. Derek Carr last year threw 61%, 24 TDs to 14 interceptions, so less than the 2-to-1 ratio you look for. Granted, not the best performance by the entire team. Turnovers, something I do worry about there. I don't like the number of turnovers. But some of the positives, QB rating over his career is a 92. He is a very accurate passer, right around 65% career passer. Uh, in terms of fourth quarter comebacks, he's led 28 and has actually led the league in that uh, before. Game-winning drives, 33 in his career. Obviously, some blown leads there for Oakland slash Las Vegas. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In terms of pressure rate and accuracy, which is something that we've been talking about a lot, his own target percentage in 2019, for example, was 82.6%, about 10% higher than certain Saints quarterbacks have been in recent memories. But his bad throw percentage last year was a career high. 20% of his passes were considered bad throws. That's problematic. Now we can start talking talent on the rosters and all these other things. but. You would be improving at quarterback with Derek Carr, but would you be improving enough depending on the investment you're going to have to dump in? TD says, y'all really not going to sit here and act like uh, you're too bougie for Carr, huh? Y'all must love pain. My biggest thing is what I said weeks ago, and I still stand by it. Derek Carr, by himself, by himself does not move the needle. As in, if I was to take Derek Carr, and put him on last year's team. Everything else stays the same. I don't believe the Saints make the playoffs. I don't. Other things have to improve. However, Derek Carr is a more talented player, and your goal is to always put the most talented roster on the field every year. He is more talented than Andy Dalton at this point in his career. 
he is more talented and more available than Jameis Winston at this point. Now we've got a different problem. Now the problem is we made this big investment. And I'm talking money. And we were probably going to give a third round pick to Vegas if you go after him. Now you've got to make sure that your offensive system works. And that is my biggest concern with all this. Like, I'm not saying the move to go after Carr is a bad idea. My issue is really just saying, I don't know if I trust this team to be successful to make such a move. Look, man, I said this years ago. When Sean Payton was here, I told fans, and there is evidence of me saying it, so I said that he would fit perfectly in the Sean Payton West Coast offense. He really would. I'm not saying that I think Sean Payton would have turned Derek Carr into the next Drew Brees. What I am saying is that he fits the system really, really well. The level of success you have there, that's debatable. So it's not a bad idea to go after Derek Carr. Whether he's a very good bridge quarterback or somehow turns into a QB of the future, I think the biggest thing that comes down to whether that is either one is all about coaching. To me, that's what matters because I do want to remind players that what a player has been is not always what a player will be. A great example of that is actually last year, your comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. Geno Smith is historically a middling to bad starting quarterback. Last year, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Coaching and building a system around a guy can do a lot for a quarterback, not for any player. So shout out to Shane Waldron, who managed to find a way to, um, who, by the way, Shane Waldron has only ever been an offensive coordinator with Seattle with Geno Smith for two years. He was with uh, the Rams as their passing game coordinator uh, throughout their Super Bowl run and everything else. So a good coaching system with a fresh take and a good mind took Geno Smith to a level that nobody ever expected Geno Smith to reach, right? If you sit there and tell me that you expected Geno Smith to throw 30 TDs to 11 interceptions, I don't believe you. I think you're a liar. You better show me literal proof of you. I better see a a voicemail. You left your brother-in-law or something dated 2020 where you said Geno Smith's about to come up and rock the world because nobody saw that coming. So you can take a Derek Carr and elevate a Derek Carr to a level that most people haven't seen before. Is Pete Carmichael that guy? And you can answer that in the chat. I'm not telling you which way to believe or not. I'm saying that my personal take of why I'm struggling to even be excited about this deal that I do believe would make the team as a whole better, that's my sticking point. That's my sticking point. Because I don't think going after Derek Carr prevents you from drafting a quarterback. I don't think going after Derek Carr prevents you from looking at Jameis Winston still being on this roster. I don't think Derek Carr prevents you from spending a first-round draft pick on a quarterback. My biggest issue comes down to the coaching staff. I get a lot of the defensive guys moving on. Chris Richard, uh, Ryan Nielsen, I get why. Okay? So I actually don't have a problem with that. But I have a problem with the offensive staff until they show they can be better. I don't know how confident I am giving them better players. And this is a difficult argument for me to make because I'm not advocating for sucking. I think it's the front office's job. It's, all right, let me put it this way. 
It's Mickey Loomis' job to go get Derek Carr because Derek Carr is the best quarterback option for 2023 that is available right now. There is no other quarterback available in either the draft or free agency who is better for the team in 2023. Derek Carr is the only one. He's the guy. He's number one. Good or bad, Derek Carr is the best option available. Mickey Loomis's job is just to go get that. Now the flip side of that is the coaching to maximally affect that or maximally be effective with that. And you can't, as a GM, say, well, I know my offensive coach sucks, so I'm not going to build a good team. You build a good team as much as you can every single year. But at the same time, when I say I don't believe Derek Carr moves the needle, it's because I don't believe this offense is good until we see them being good. Until you see T. Carmichael break his own tendencies. Until you see more consistency from the offense. Because we can talk about how Andy Dalton, and I did talk about this, and I still believe Andy Dalton did a hell of a job there's a reason this team averaged like 14 points a game with Andy Dalton and P. Carmichael. I think Andy Dalton probably could average more points a game if we're just being completely honest with you. But as long as it's this team has P. Carmichael calling like he did last year, it's hard to believe in anybody coming in and moving the needle. So that's the problem. It's Mickey Loomis's job. It's the front office's job, Kai Harley, to get the best players available. So Derek Carr makes sense. But at the same time, I understand fans not being excited. 100% get that. Gunham says, um, Pete Carmichael using templates from the Peyton era. Pete Carmichael has now had two years where he's the full-time play caller. So, and hey, Donald, maybe it really just comes down to the basic fact of he needs to build his own brand and step out of Sean Payton's shadow. I don't know if he's going to be that guy. I don't. I don't have that answer. So we move from that point. You know, it's it's one of those that there's a reason I think fans really wanted to see a change from him moving into this year. But I, I don't really know how many options they had. I don't really know how many options they truly had. I think that they should have gone for an option, but they did. So now that you have P. Carmichael, you have to trust in P. Carmichael and... P. Carmichael is very much a grain of salt. Like, one, I shouldn't talk so bad about a guy who literally has my birthday. Did y'all know that P. Carmichael could literally be my daddy? Like, P. Carmichael has my birthday and is like 20 years older than me. P. Carmichael be my daddy. But he has never had success without Sean Payton or Drew Brees. He's only had one year to do it. But let's see what he does this next year. John says, I love Carr's passion. Carr is a passionate player, and he's a leader. My problem with Derek Carr, I said this a few episodes ago, Derek Carr has a problem with being inconsistent and with being good and pressure and bad to start games. That's one of my biggest issues with Derek Carr. We actually went through those statistics. If y'all remember, we can go uh, talk about a few of them again. Hell, just look at last year's splits, and you can actually go year by year. It's pretty much the same. This is a guy that in pressure situations, he shows up. Like he can make some good things happen. But why in the first quarter is this man not doing amazing? Like, what's up with that? Like, for example, let me give you a good example. Most people expect a quarterback to be better when you have a lead, right? Don't you expect that? Because you have a lead, there's less pressure, you have more options. Did you know that he actually had the worst quarterback rating in terms of situational? When the Raiders actually had a lead, Derek Carr was a worse quarterback. He had a 77.2 quarterback rating 
when the Raiders had a lead last year. That's a mind-blowingly odd stat. That's usually the opposite of how it is. Now, Poe says it's hard to be consistent as a Raider. And look, cool, fine, no argument. Raiders are not exactly an offensive juggernaut historically, and they're not creating trends and systems. But Carr still has his own flaws. And you need a good coach to cover those flaws or change those flaws. You know, and that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, my, my whole point about Derek Carr comes down to Pete Carmichael. And that's where my worry is. That's where my, like, pain point is. And can that improve? And by the way, for those asking, was that just a um, Josh McDaniels thing? It's not. Go back to 2020. 2020, 76.2 QB rating, win leading. It's mind-blowing to me. 2020, he threw 59%. He went through one touchdown. One touchdown when the Raiders had a lead in 2020. He threw four of them last year when they had a lead. One. If we can go back more years and years, this is a trend that I've noticed with him before. So, uh, here, I'll, I'll go to 2018. Well, it's... Again, I'm not saying Derek Carr is bad. I'm saying there are some tendencies here that make you go, well, that's a little weird. For example, let's go back to 2018. 2018 is where we're talking about Derek Carr being like really good. Like he's been doing some good numbers. I think, was it 2018? Um, he was, let's see, let me pull it up real quick on Derek Carr. 2016 was the year that he was third place in the MVP voting. But 2018 was actually a rough year for the team. So let me give you a good year. Let me give you 2016. Let's go back, way back. can't believe he's been in the league this long, or I'm just getting that old. So even in 2016, when this man was third in PVP voting, he threw an 83.9 QB rating when the Raiders had a lead. His best rating almost year after year after year is Derek Carr is great when his team is trailing. I don't know what to really say about that. Like you want to praise him because like, awesome dude, tough situations. You put it on. Also, why do you suck when you're good? <laughs> like when the team's doing well, Derek Carr's just like, Oh, well, no real reason to try hard right now. But when the, when the game is on the line, Derek Carr comes out and throws amazing plays. And by the way, TD, this, none of this is to say that I don't believe Derek Carr is the best option this year because I do think he is. But I think it's important to have context on any player that this team is potentially picking up. Is that not worrisome to some of y'all? Like, do y'all not hear that and, like, just scratch your head? Because it is counterintuitive, right? That is weird. You don't normally hear of stuff like this. Normally, a quarterback is better when they have a lead, and they're worse when they're trailing. I mean, that's just kind of common sense. Like, you don't have as much pressure. Defenses are more one-dimensional. You're, you know, you're able to manipulate anything that you want to do. Example, last year, Andy Dalton had a 94 QB rating playing with the lead. And nobody here is going to argue that Andy Dalton is better than Derek Carr. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Even the people who were in chat who don't like Derek Carr are not going to argue Andy Dalton's better. Yet Andy Dalton threw 10 QB rating points higher. So it's just a really weird, y'all explain how that works situation. <laughs> just really odd to me. So. I'm just, I'm not against Derek Carr at all. Because I do think, again, you got to put the best team on the field. But there are some weird traits and tendencies about Derek Carr that I'm curious, can Pete Carmichael fix? And can Pete uh, Pete Carmichael make better? So, anyway, it's just some interesting little tidbits. TD says Carr is going to have his issues, otherwise he would be elite and not available. There's truth to this. Again, none of this is meant to like, just like, I'm not dissing Derek Carr. I'm simply trying to give everybody context about the potential of the quarterback that could be your quarterback. You know, it's it's just going through all of his splits. Like here, 2019 is actually one of his better years. 91.7 QB rating. 2019. That's actually one of his better years. But here's what's crazy. When trailing, 97 QB rating. In fact, he threw 72% in 2019 when they were trailing. This man turns it on when there's fire. And this is exactly what I told y'all weeks ago. Derek Carr will show you elite moments, but he is not consistently great. That's what I've always seen from Derek Carr. It's weird. It's like, take that Kobe clutch gene everybody wants and then put the Kobe clutch gene I'm about to get real disrespectful. I shouldn't do that. I really I really shouldn't do what I'm about to do, but all you NBA fans, I'm going to do it anyway. Take the clutch gene and put it into Eric Gordon. Like, take Kobe's or Jordan's or whoever you want's clutch genes and put that into Eric Gordon. It makes no damn sense. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, that's exactly what's happened. You put this man in pressure, he cooks. You put this man in a normal game situation, what the hell are you doing, son? It's weird. And that's just been his career. Eric Gordon, what a random name. Well, I tried to pick a name that one, Hells fans can't stand, and two, has been in the league like a decade. Like, he's good enough to still be in the league a long time, but he's not good enough for anybody to even care about having him on their team. So, it's just put the clutch gene on Eric Gordon of all people. I have to drive to Monroe for bringing up Eric Gordon. Look, you smiled. Y- you did. Chris Paul? No, I'm not going to do Chris Paul like that. I'm not going to insult Chris Paul. Chris Paul is clutching himself. He just ain't winning championships. All right? But Eric Gordon has literally been in the league 15 years. Goodness. I know we're not a basketball pod. But listen. Listen, listen, listen. 
Eric Gordon's career average is 16 points, three assists, two rebounds, a steal, and his career average shooting percentage is 43% and then 37% from three. 15-year career. That's pretty damn decent. It's average. It's slightly above average for the average NBA player. That's pretty damn decent. Now go add a clutch. Y'all get what I was saying, right? Y'all get what I was saying. And y'all see, this is why I mentioned though, because it's going to stir it up. Sounds just like Derek Carr. There you go. So Derek Carr is just a real weird because he's so clutch. Like in 2000, because we were talking about, you know, Derek Carr finishing third in the MVP voting. Do y'all remember why he finished third in the MVP voting? Do y'all remember why? In 2016, Derek Carr had seven game-winning drives for the Oakland Raiders. Seven. He put the team on his back several times that year. For those that are unaware, it was seven game-winning drives and seven fourth-quarter comebacks. For those unaware, the most fourth-quarter comebacks Drew Brees ever had in his career in a single season was six. Now, Drew Brees is far superior to Derek Carr in every measurable way. But for whatever reason, in some tight clutch situations, Derek Carr's a guy to have throwing the ball. It's there. It's there. In clutch situations, Derek Carr just shines. Just surprising numbers. Just surprising numbers. Clay says, out of the potential other OC candidates out there, who would you have wanted? You think we would have presented a more appealing situation to them uh, than the other 11 teams looking? I think the situation in New Orleans is not super appealing. And as we typically see, Good offensive coaches become head coaches, not coordinators. So you usually have to go for some young gun and hope that he pans out. Example, exactly what Seattle did. They pulled the passing game coordinator from under Sean McVay and said, we'll make you an OC. And look at Geno Smith just cooking. Man, gumbo there. Rue is a nice dark color. Doesn't look like it's a protagonist in a um, Medea movie. You know, just looks good. Looks good. And then you get... Pete Carmichael, who's 51, who literally, good or bad, has lived in the shadow of Sean Payton for basically two decades, and last year did not really turn it on as we wanted him to. So. Good at Charles. Good to see you, my friend. God bless you as well. I mean, we went through a few college names and even a couple of pro names I would have wanted, but the issue with offensive coordinators is they typically are going to be coaches if they're really good. Davis says, I think for a guy like Adams to leave Rogers for Carr also says a lot about Derek's talent level. It may work in NOLA. Um, mm, I don't know if I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I don't know if I'm with you on that one. They won. Not a lot of people like Aaron Rodgers. It's FYI, not a lot of people like Aaron Rodgers. I really haven't met many people who like A-Rod. Also, Devontae Adams is making a butt ton of money. So before we talk about Derek Carr's leadership abilities, I think that five-year, $140 million contract might have had a little bit to do with picking Las Vegas and not the quarterback that was throwing in the football. <laughs> Just being honest. Like, I'm not saying Derek Carr has, like, no swag or no sway or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just saying that Devontae Adams is like, oh, five years, $140 million in a quarterback who isn't literally hated by everybody around him. Hmm. Wonder what I'll do today. How about I go make, what was, uh, I think, 
I think this year with the Raiders, his cash income is like 50 million. Or no, I'm sorry, 30 million, which will bring his total that he's earned like 50. The dude's making bank in Vegas. So he refused to get AK involved with the screen game. That's crazy to me. Pete did a lot of things. I don't know if refuse is the right word. I just think the man don't know what he's doing to the degree that we would want him to do. So I think that's more than anything. Adams played with him in college, though. No way he goes there if he thought he sucked. Jimbo, I actually disagree. I think they do. I think Devontae Adams goes there no matter what because that contract was juicy. But again, that's an opinion. I don't know Devontae Adams. I don't. But yeah. I don't know that man. Hmm. Good thoughts, though. Anyway, Derek Carr, there's a hundred of y'all listening live, which I appreciate y'all. What do y'all think? Amy says, Deuce, I was thinking about Carmichael. Is Dalton that bad to make Carmichael look like he doesn't know what he's doing, or will having Carr a better QB make Carmichael a better play caller? I'll be honest with y'all, man. Dalton was not bad. Dalton wasn't good. Dalton wasn't bad. I think when you have defensive players literally calling out your plays consistently and then you don't change your plays, that's coaching problems. Look, I'm not going to sit here and flaw that Dalton was a top 10 quarterback. Dalton was not good, but Dalton was also not bad. You can improve on Andy Dalton for sure. Andy Dalton was not causing you problems. He Carmichael was causing you problems. The fact that you would go entire stretches of no Taysom Hill, entire stretches of no Alvin Kamara. Like just running Alvin Kamara up the middle, then taking him out. Not really utilizing him in space. Where are the pivot routes? Where are the Texas concepts that made Alvin Kamara so dominant? You know, you had a game, Alvin Kamara scores three TDs, is used in space, and looks elite. And then you have about 10 weeks of Alvin Kamara doing accidentally, you know, just Jack Nidley kumquat, running up the middle, barely getting any zone runs, barely getting any usage. And he's your best offensive player. So maybe I'm too harsh. I don't think this is on really any of the players' talent level last year. I think it's Carmichael. I think he's what held this offense back. Now, maybe he can get better. Maybe he learns from his mistakes. So what do we do in Taysom? We're going to have to just wait and see. I mean, Taysom's going to be, I think the only team that ever does the Taysom game is New Orleans. But hell, P. Carmichael wasn't even consistent with that. So, any chance Carmichael gets a promotion and we hire a new AC, what would he get promoted to? Head coach? There's no way to promote him. Now, who that dude says, Dalton is mediocre. No argument here. Hired a mediocre. That's cool. Division is trash. Agreed. Get Carr and claim the division again. That's where you lose me because I don't think that Carr does that. Again, I don't think Carr's bad. I do think that Carr is probably top 15. Right in there. I think, I think honestly, Derek Carr has top five throws, but he's not consistently top five. He, he's more of a top 15. But the issue is Carmichael. And until he improves what he's doing, it's tough for me to really go division. Now, to your point, last year's division was awful. We assume the division will stay awful. I would say that the Panthers are sneakily just like, I don't like that. 
Panthers seem like they're starting to try to put their heads on, right? I don't know if I like that, but we'll see. We'll see. Learn that, yeah. The Curry call plays instead of Pete. Well, I'll be honest, Ray. I don't know how to answer that because I don't know enough about Curry to answer that. Like in terms of him being a play caller. I don't know enough about that. I don't know enough about that. He should be promoted to an at-home correspondent. I'm there for it, Troy. Look, I don't want to be negative about a man who really has contributed to the success of this team for a long time. And that would be Pete Carmichael. At the same time, I can still say I'm ready for him to move on to greener pastures. And in the most respectful way possible, you need somebody else. So, Carmichael needs an assistant. He can't handle it on his own. There is an offensive assistant on the team. Now, Curry, let's see. Zach Streif went to Denver. Curry didn't go to Denver, did he? Curry didn't go to Denver, did he? Did he for sure go? Interview? Because they're still interviewing with um, for OC. He hasn't left yet, I'm pretty sure. As the time of us recording this right now. Because they are also interviewing a couple of other names. I don't think they signed him. They haven't signed him. So... Until that happens, which could be by the time the next we record this episode. So many things have been changing so quickly in this offseason, episode to episode. But until Curry goes to be that, I'm going to keep him here. But again, he's an unknown for me when it comes to play calling. He's an unknown for me. I don't know. I don't know his system. I've never studied his system. I've never seen his playbooks. I don't even know what he would do and run. Now, that doesn't mean he's not good. It just means that I'm literally ignorant to what he would provide. So I can't speak on that. And we can talk about where he's been before, like as a coach and like who he's coached under. We can talk about his influences. But I'm just being real that I don't know enough about him as a coach to really provide an opinion. And honestly, I don't have to pat myself on the back. I wish more people would be like that. Like I, I wish more people would be like, you know what? I have no idea what he would be. No idea. Bear Steele, some offensive assistant coaches from the Eagles. Uh, who was, was the Eagles OC was um, doing an interview and he said like, point blank, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. Like in terms of would he be a head coach or something soon because of, you know, the, the success. He was like, nah, I'm good, fam. I'm good. Who leave in Philly to coach with DA? Y'all ain't got to be so harsh about it. I mean, I'm just being honest. Y'all got to be so harsh. Y'all being a little, uh, a little rough there. It'll be a little rough. For the background of uh, Ronald Curry, for those who don't remember, he, is, he was a player for like eight years. And he was with the Raiders for, how many years was he with the Raiders? He was with the Raiders for six years, I think. Six years. He was basically with the Raiders throughout the Hazlitt years. And then I think through a couple of the, Peyton years. And then he went to Detroit and, and one other team. Now, he's been an assistant with us for five, six years now. We've got we've had Ronald Curry since I think 2016 when he was an offensive assistant. Then he got promoted to wide receivers coach. Then he got promoted to quarterbacks coach. 
and has been sitting there since. So the only other person that he was with was he was with the 49ers as an offensive assistant back in 2015. So he doesn't have like a wide coaching tree that he's been with. He is um he's a little bit of an enigma for me in that I just honestly don't know how good he is or what he would provide. We would just have to wait and see. We just have to wait and see. Now the years he was there uh with the Rams, I'm sorry, with the 49ers, they didn't make the playoffs. Eric Bienemy can take over and make Pete his assistant. Again, you can't go after Eric Bienemy unless the Chiefs give you permission. So, any chance they bring in Eric Bieniemy as second in command of DA? Probably not, because um, if it's a lateral move, like horizontally structured, you can't just go snipe another team's coordinator unless their contracts expire. The only way to do that without permission from the team, which is why you hear all these teams like, "Well, this team's given permission to interview Ryan Nielsen," right? The only way to do that is wait for the contract to expire. Or interview them from a higher position. So the only way to like just grab Eric Bieniemy out of um, from where he's at, if you wanted to, would be to offer him the head coach job, which is very clearly not happening in New Orleans. So kind of stuck on that one. Not really anything that you can do about that. Eric would have to have a crazy baby mama in KC to want to leave. Wow, T. So. You'll take Eric Bieniemy if it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I still wish that we would have got Patrick Mahomes all those years ago. Still do. All those years ago. I'll think about it. It'll keep me up at night. Just keep me up at night. Mm-mm-mm. All right, chat. What else y'all have before we uh, continue on with this episode? Eric might not be that good. He's getting overlooked every year for a head coach job. I don't know enough to speak about that. Um, I can say that Eric Bieniemy as a coach has, though he did play in the league for several years, a lot of former players. There, but he's been the OC for five years now. Before that, he was the running backs coach. He's been a running backs coach for like 15 different, 15 years for several different teams, both collegiately and professionally. I get that he's a local boy. I get a local grown-ass man at this point like 50-something years old. But how good is he by himself? How good is he by himself? Right? He's always been under Andy Reid. Beyond that, I can't really speak. Any thoughts on our wide receiver coach from Tennessee in terms of as a play caller? As a play caller? or just as a coach in general? I say that because, you know, um, and everybody, for those that don't remember his name, speaking of Cody Burns, I think, you know, we've only had, what, one year of Cody Burns. I don't think Coach Burns has done anything to show that he's not effective. I'm curious to see what another year with the squad does for him. I have no issue with him. Again, I wouldn't make him an offensive coordinator. But I don't think he did a bad job last year. I think... You gave him a great player to start with in Chris Olave, who I thought did really well. I don't blame him for 
what I, I thought was going to be a great signing in Landry not working out. And then Michael Thomas didn't really get a chance to pan out. So I'd say that Cody probably did a good job. But, yeah, and Rashid Shaheed really kind of came up and shined. And at the same time, though, you had people like Callaway take, like, a step back. So, but I think in general he did a good job. He says, I'm utterly confused at the direction the Saints should go. What would GM do, Stu? Here's the tricky thing, and I said this earlier in the show. As a GM, it is your job to put the best players on the field. You want the best 53 on the field at any given time. And I am very much team never tank. Y'all know this about me. I would never tank as a GM, ever. I don't care if I won seven games every year of my career. I would never, 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 never tank. Never tank. Ever. All that said, I'd go after Derek Carr because he's the best available option. But I would probably make Saints fans mad because I would not only go after Derek Carr, I'd still probably draft a quarterback if they were available. Like if the quarterback I liked was there, I'd still draft him. So there you go. A lot of people are probably not going to like that. But I'm very anti-tank. I've always been anti-tank. I'll never tank. I don't care if I'm the most, I don't care if I'm the Jeff Fisher of GMs my entire career. I'll never tank. So that just, that's just how I am. That is my style. I can't stand tanking. If I ever caught the Saints tanking, I would probably stop following the Saints. I'd probably stop following the Saints. Like if I had proof they were tanking, I'd quit. I'd go watch somebody else. Yeah, you're right, by the way, the Callaway barely played, but even when he did play, he had problems with the field. He had problems with drops. He just wasn't as effective. Tank for a player who has a 50% chance of being a bust is crazy. Agreed, Mr. Don. I will never personally agree with tanking, but I recognize that many people want that. What about an assistant head coach? Again, Rudy, that's, it's not like a real signing. Like you're not really going to sign somebody to be an assistant head coach to be your offensive coordinator secretly. It's not something that would really happen. So, unless they want to refund the tickets. Yeah, I mean, as a GM, obviously you're in charge of ticket sales to an extent. Like you, you've got to put butts in seats. You got to sell merch. You got to have a good team to do that. And. um Pretty sure if this team got caught tanking, as passionate as Saints fans are, you would go back to the days when the Dome was not sold out. Like, we've kind of gotten spoiled to it because you basically have had 20 years now. Basically, everything after Katrina, the Dome has essentially been sold out season ticket-wise. It's always packed. It would go right back to how it was in the 90s and 80s of sparse participation. Never tank. Amy says, I'd put the coaching staff on notice if the team looks like we've seen all last year, would reboot the team, find a head coach for 2024. I'm okay with that, Hemi. Give uh, Dennis Allen another year, and if Dennis Allen gets worse, be like, look, you're trending in the wrong direction. Get it out. So. Now, if Dennis Allen wins seven to nine games next year, guess what? He's here in 2024. Just being real, he's here in 2024. If that's what happens. So. We just, we try to build from that. We try to build from that. Um, 
any college OC that could start out as an assistant? There are several. We talked about that a few episodes ago. I'll have to rehash that one. My problem, unless I'm not saying that it's um, a problem, but I just, at this point, I don't see the need to rehash it because we know who's going to be our OC, right? Like at this point, now we can do it for content reasons. Like if y'all want to talk just because content and y'all want to talk, we can talk about them, who they could possibly sign, but it's not going to happen, right? Anyway, I think tanking is for fans or front offices. Players would never do it. I don't think almost no front office would ever do it. Now, there is evidence of it happening in times past. I'm not saying it's never happened. Tanking has happened before. I'm not saying teams would never tank. But in general, it doesn't happen. So, Nine wins, probably wins the division. DA going to need them playoffs to come back? Facts. Yeah, and everybody bringing up Miami. I think taking isn't realistic. Too many bonuses tied up in the stats. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, how are you going to convince 52 or 53 players, actually more than that if you're considering practice squad and everything else, how are you going to convince several dozen grown men who do this as a living and who have a limited amount of time to do that to just all suck so that you can get a better draft pick? And just realistically, unless y'all want to buy into the whole NFL's rigged and everybody's getting scripts, We'll just have to um, agree, disagree. Not going to convince guys that put their body on the line of tank. Exactly, TD. Like the we 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 see studs like Cam Jordan play ten years in the league. The average length of a player in the NFL is like three to four years. Like realistically, the average player is going to be there three or four years. You are not going to convince me to literally waste twenty five percent of my career for you to tank. Never, never, not going to happen. Not going to happen. And we're going to wrap up tonight's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a good time talking about Derek Carr. I'm really interested to see what this team's going to do. And we will catch up on the next Hudak special, which something tells me we're going to have some good news or news in general then. So Hudak, God bless. I appreciate all of you. Join the Discord if you haven't already. Had a great time hanging out with all of you. Can't wait to talk to you again. Hudak, God bless. See you on the next one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.